Welcome to our worship from Seal Church, led by me, Canon Anne Labar. The hymn which ends the service is sung by the choristers of St Martin in the Fields. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Collect for the Tenth Sunday After Trinity Let your merciful ears, O Lord, be open to the prayers of your humble servants, and that they may obtain their petitions, make them to ask such things as shall please you, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the first book of Kings, chapter 19, beginning at the fourth verse. Elijah went a day's journey into the wilderness, and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. It is enough. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake, baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him and said, Get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. He got up and he ate and drank. Then he went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the Mount of God. The Gospel reading is from John's Gospel, chapter 6, beginning at verse 35. Jesus said to the crowd, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Then the Jews began to complain about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They were saying, Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not complain among yourselves. No one can come to me unless drawn by the Father who sent me, and I will raise that person up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except the one who is from God. He has seen the Father. Very truly I tell you, Whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats of this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. In the name of God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. It is enough. 
says Elijah in despair in today's Old Testament reading. And I expect we all know how he feels. It's enough. We've probably all thought that at points over the last 18 months or so, as we've slogged through this pandemic with all its ups and downs, its hopes of returning to normality and disappointments as those hopes are dashed, as plans have to be changed and changed again. It's enough. But of course, the virus doesn't care about how we feel or when our patience happens to have run out. It's just doing what viruses do, trying to replicate itself. It wasn't a virus that caused Elijah's despair, of course, but his enemy was just as relentless and just as heartless. Elijah had fallen foul of King Ahab, the king of Israel, and his wife, Queen Jezebel, who was from the neighbouring country of Phoenicia and whose name has become a byword for wickedness. According to the Bible, they were as bad as each other, a power-hungry, corrupt, cruel couple. But Jezebel had also brought with her the worship of the Phoenician god Baal and thousands of his prophets and priests, and she was imposing this on the people of Israel. The story we've heard today is the aftermath of a great contest between Elijah and the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, when they and Elijah had prayed to their respective gods to send down fire from heaven to burn up the sacrifices they'd offered. Elijah won, and as he triumphed, he called on the people of Israel to kill Jezebel's prophets. God, God hadn't actually told him to do this, but he did it anyway perhaps thinking that would be the end of all his nation's problems. But he'd underestimated Jezebel. She probably didn't care too much about the deaths of her prophets and themselves, but she couldn't bear losing face. So she sent out the command for Elijah to be hunted down and killed in his turn. Elijah, very sensibly, ran for his life far out into the desert, where he hoped no one would find him. Eventually, though, he ran out of running, and the reality of his situation came home to him. After all he'd done, it had come to this. It is enough, he said. He sat in the meagre shade of a solitary broom tree, no more than a scrubby bush, really, and he waited to die, something that wouldn't have taken long in that inhospitable climate. He thought he'd been called to do a great thing for God. He thought he'd done that great thing. But in the end, he hadn't achieved anything at all, except a lot of pointless death and destruction, collateral damage in a war he realised he had no hope of winning. But God had other ideas. Elijah sank into an exhausted sleep, but when he woke, he found that he wasn't alone. An angel was with him, with water and a cake of flatbread, telling him to eat. He ate, and he slept, and he woke again, and there was more food, and the instruction of the angel to get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. Elijah did as he was told. What else could he do? And he went on in the strength of that food, we're told, for forty days and forty nights. It must have been some cake, until he came to another mountain, Mount Horeb, where he met with God 
and heard his still small voice speaking to him with words that would encourage him on the next part of his ministry. Elijah had two dramatic mountaintop experiences, on Mount Carmel and on Mount Horeb. But they don't make complete sense without this bit in the middle, the bit where Elijah thinks it's all over for him, and he wants it to be too, the bit where he hasn't got a clue what's going on and has started not even to care, the bit where it all seems too much like hard work, too long a road, with no idea where it will lead him, the bit where he's had enough. But it's also the bit where he discovers that God won't give up on him, even though he seems to want to give up on himself. God believes in him, God provides for him, God gives him bread and water, without which no one can live. God gives him rest and the presence of an angel to watch over him, There are no demands, no tricky questions, no expectations, just acceptance that this is how it is at the moment. God is just kind to him in very basic, practical ways. If you've ever been in the sort of state that Elijah's in here, you'll probably know how important kindness is. The meal someone brings round, the text or email asking how you are, the offer of help which enables you to rest or to sleep, to take time out simply to breathe for a while. The angel who comes to Elijah doesn't offer a magic wand. He doesn't offer to go and destroy Jezebel. He just brings the kindness of God into the situation and that changes everything. We should never underestimate the importance of kindness. It can literally be a lifesaver. Because kindness says, you matter to me. And if we know that we matter to someone, and maybe especially to God, we're encouraged to believe that we might matter to ourselves too. It's not just the cake and the water and the sleep that give Elijah hope though. It's also the message the angel gives him that second time he comes to him. Get up and eat, he says, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. What journey is this? As far as Elijah was concerned, his journey was over right there. His life was over, dragging to a sorry close out there in the desert. But God tells him that there's a new journey ahead of him, another chapter to his story, purpose for his life. We looked at this episode a few weeks ago in our Good Book Club Bible study and we found ourselves wondering what the cake and the water might have been for us as we've slogged on through this pandemic, how we've found the rest we needed, who the angels were for us. It was important we decided to notice these things, because just like Elijah, our journey isn't over yet, and we need to have our eyes open to the food God sends to strengthen us. The people who encountered Jesus during his earthly ministry were reminded often of stories like this one of Elijah, stories which told them of God's provision for people when all seemed lost. And they saw the same sort of loving care in Jesus, and sometimes the same miraculous gift of food and drink too. Today's Gospel passage follows on from the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Many of those who ate the bread and the fishes he gave them 
probably didn't know where all that food had unexpectedly come from. They just rejoiced that they were full up for once. But some, says Jesus, realised that he wasn't just offering bread for a day, but living bread that could feed them for eternity. His own life, his own self. Their eyes had been opened by this miracle to the presence of God, his grace, his unmerited, unearned love, which would take them through whatever life threw at them, whether it was triumph or disaster. The same offer is open to all of us, as God comes to us too, day by day, in, in his word, in prayer, in the loving kindness we receive from others and give to them. If we have eyes to see him, we can discover his goodness, nourishing us and giving us hope that will sustain us eternally, with plenty to share with others too. Amen. And so as we bring our prayers to God, we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen.